0: Welcome back to Raising Rare. We are in our fifth season, talking about the joys, challenges, and surprises of raising children with a rare disease. Our co-hosts, Sanath Ramesh and Brittany Ratke will keep you updated on their kiddos, and we hope our lineup of guests will give you new insights and hope. My name is Kevin Fryert. Welcome back to Raising Rare. Every once in a while, we meet someone who has taken a completely different approach to telling their rare disease parenting story. Today's guest is Ashling Finn, a poet who has published two books of her poetry about raising her son. I read both her books, Motherhood, Plot Twist, and Hope, in one sitting when preparing to speak with her earlier. This rapid read hit me with all the emotional ups and downs at once. And you know what? It rang true. So today we are going to approach this a little differently. I've asked asked Ashling to read a few of her poems and we will just let the conversation flow from there. So Sanath, how are you doing today?
1: I'm recovering from a sore throat, so my voice is pretty bad. Um, but otherwise doing great.
0: And how's Raghav doing? I know he was... Uh, having another respiratory issue.
1: Yeah, the last few weeks have been just one thing after the other. Uh, today, he's doing much better. One day Did he go into
0: hospital or did he get to come home?
1: Close enough. We went to the ER and uh, he recovered there, so we came back home. Didn't have to get admitted this time.
0: And for our listeners, Brittany's not going to be here today. Um, There's a family emergency and she was not able to be here. Um, As far as I know, Evie's okay. It's something else. So, Ashley, why don't you just get started by reading one of your poems and, and one I'd like to hear is called After.
2: Okay. After. I cannot tell you how I feel. Times like these can take their toll. There is no time to wallow, nor is there time to quarrel. Life stands still whilst we take each other in. You have been mine from within. I cannot tell you how we will go, nor can I tell you where we will go. My trust is in you and your trust is in me. I am but here and nowhere, my eyes fixated on letters, my fingers tapping endless searches, no results, being rare is truly special. No Dr. Google, no forums, not even a hashtag. I look within. I trust my instincts instead
1: it's so true how we are more experts in the disease and in the chaos than anyone else in the world Uh, a lot of the times when i feel down i tell myself there's no one in the world literally no one in the world that knows my son as i do and that gets me back up so it's beautiful have you ever have you expressed that and
0: one of the things I picked up on that I can't really speak to is that was from a mom to a babe. And, you know, you've been within me. You've been, you know, you've carried this baby. Um, that's just a completely different experience than either sonnet and I have had. Um, and I wish Brittany was here to, to kind of relate to it. But I think you captured very well the, the unknown part of it. And it, this is this is the beauty of poetry. You can either say, "Oh, it's unknown," like, "Wow, there's all these exciting things going to happen," or it's unknown. There's all these scary things going to happen. Um, it just, it's lovely.
1: So, it's, it's incredible that you published two books of poetry on 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 parenting and rare diseases and so on. Why did you choose poetry?
2: Um I guess I chose poetry because I've always written things down in that way in that poetic verse um and it just it just comes to me like that and um yeah I guess it I guess it's easier to read rather than be rambling for pages and pages about how I feel. Um, It just allowed me to get
1: out how I was feeling in a much more concise way. So I I think the the reason I asked that question is, I don't I cannot write poetry, I cannot I can barely write prose. um, But I ramble a lot. And Kevin, Kevin and I have been rambling on this podcast for four years. Um, And we started this because I wanted a place to ramble, uh, talk about what was what was going on. Um, So I'm curious to hear from someone like you, who has used a more concise, in my mind, a more difficult medium to express, how has poetry allowed you to express more or less compared to, you know, prose or just I'm going to use the word rambling because you used it like talking endlessly.
2: Um, I think it I think when you put things down, um, you know, you want other people to be able to understand how you feel, Um, and I'd written, I've always written poetry, my mother said to me, you were always writing like little verses here or there when you were younger, Um, so I just think it's more of a a natural way for me to uh, express my feelings, uh, as opposed to writing chapters on how I feel.
0: It's incredible. I've only done poetry once or twice, um, very minor things. Um, but one was I wrote a, a haiku to my daughter when she graduated from from high school. And she was 18 years old at the time, so I wrote 18 haikus one after the other. And the experience I remember is it it helped me go deep into my emotional and mental sort of model of her you know how I really related to her and the things I knew about her and the things I didn't know about her Um, so it just it allowed me to go deeper I think do you find that as well
2: yes yeah I think as you were talking there I definitely agree it just allows you to as you say go deeper but really get that across and there's no there's no rules with poetry you know um it doesn't need to be uh written in a certain way you can just write a poem and that and that's how how i find it it's just easy because there's no uh, rules to it i can just write my feelings and that's that's it um
1: Completely side note. I mean, it's just thoroughly fascinating that you say there's no rules to poetry because um, I feel poetry to be way more constrained than than prose, um, uh, and and like writing in general is much harder than speaking um, because I'm have I have to think through, I have to have some logical structure to it, uh, and people have will have time to read it and criticize it, and with poetry it's even harder. Uh, like I I read really inspiring poems and i keep sitting there thinking to myself how in the world did they get to it right there are just so many words in the english language so many permutations but these exact arrangement of words generate a certain emotion in me that i don't think i could i could have generated by reading a whole book on the topic yeah
2: that that's interesting (laughs) thank you so
0: can i ask i thought you were going to go a different direction there sanath When I write prose, especially if I'm writing like a paper or something that that needs to be said just so, I go back and I edit it and I reread it and I look at it and I edit it and I show it to somebody and and I edit it and I edit it and I move it around. When you write poetry, do you go through that kind of process or does it just, I would guess, kind of slowly flow out? You think about each next bit.
2: uh, to be honest with you it just flows out um i don't i don't really re-edit either um something i did in the first book was i left the poems in the order that they were written because i think if i'd started to move things around or thought about it too much it would the emotion would have been lost so I, i tried to resemble how i was feeling at that time at in that timeline of the diagnosis
0: That's just amazing because it's a, as I read the book, I didn't know that you wrote them in order. But that's what rang true is there, you know, that the journey you took through the first book was very familiar to other people that I talked to, to to what I've heard from Sonath and Brittany and, and our guests and people we meet all over the place who are raising rare children. And I think that's why it rang so true is it it almost was just a a bit of a biography you know it wasn't at all artificial.
2: Yeah that it was really important to me not to make it artificial mm-hmm. because that's not it, it's not a true reflection of the rare disease journey.
0: So the next poem that I was going to pick because uh, Brittany's not here I'm not sure it's it's as good because Sana Sanraga is an only child. Brittany's son has a, a sibling. And this one definitely is written about the sibling. I don't know. Let's go ahead and do it. Go ahead and read Dear Teacher.
2: Dear Teacher, Whilst you sat and turned away to list the flaws in my child, you shattered my hopes. Our child carries a big weight for every day. She can't name it. She can't see it. But she'll get anxious. She'll probably annoy you. She's panicking inside. She has a lot to deal with. Her peers don't deal with what she does. You do not deal with what she does. She's chatty, yes. She's busy, yes. But she's not annoying. She's not all the things you said she is. She's very caring. She helps her brother do lots of things. She's the reason he can do lots of things. She's a force of nature. An old soul, call it what you like. Some even say a pocket rocket. But she's certainly not annoying. She's just six years old. Living through a pandemic as a young carer.
1: I, if I were to read that poem in isolation, I did not catch that it was about a sibling until the last word. It's amazing. I, I, I've never thought of what a sibling would go through, um, but we've always talked about having another child, and we've decided not to because. I don't think I can raise another kid. Like I don't have the emotional juice to, uh, gas to raise another kid. And I don't want to put another person through what I'm going through. Um, although I think it is definitely a beautiful way to raise a good human being, because when they see the hardship that another person is facing, it, they're just growing with gratitude from the beginning. And so the, 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 the I'm, I'm very curious why you directed the poem towards a teacher. Because you could have you could have sort of mentioned all of those in any context or even without a context, right? And because it could be just be a description about her. So, what, why a teacher?
2: He um, was actually following a conversation with her class teacher. I was so shocked at the conversation that I had with that teacher um, that I was like, "Why can't everybody else see what my daughter's going through? Like, why is it not really obvious?" <laughs> Um, but it wasn't, and um, you know, a lot of people do forget the siblings, and you know, they are carers in their own way. And it, I guess it was just following on from that conversation. It, I just had to write it down and get those that emotion out there.
1: Did you ever share this with the teacher?
2: No, but I did. I did share it with um, the head teacher, <laughs> um, and she said you know, that that's like what you just said, it it, it just raises awareness around the siblings.
0: My daughter has a plaque in her house, and it says something like, um, be patient, you don't know the battles that somebody else is fighting. And to me, that's, you know, that encapsulates what you said in your, in your poem, but your poem is much more specific a six-year-old, in a challenging environment anyway, school, right? And all this other stuff going on in the background, and her not even knowing how to express it, that, hey, my brother has this, or um, I've got a, I've got other responsibilities at home that I need to deal with, um, that these other six-year-olds don't. And I love what you said, Sanath, that that the last word is what nailed it for you that oh this is about the sibling because i had the same reaction when i read it i was like oh n- let me read that again because it and just listening to you again it was it hits pretty hard
1: yeah i'm 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 speechless i mean it's just so beautiful i could have never expressed the same emotion if I was in the situation at like listening to the teacher say something like this. I could ramble for 10 minutes and not get anything across, but, but these 10 verses get so much across without frustration, anger, right? It, it just, it, it talks about it from the point of view of the kid. It's just so beautiful.
0: So let's move to the next one. The Car Journey. And this is from the book um, called Hope, the second book.
2: The Car Journey. There was silence in the car that day. The low hum coming from, sorry. I'll start again. There was silence in the car that day. The low hum coming from the tablet in the back. The whiz of cars <sighs> coming past the window <sighs> that was slightly open, Thoughts running around in our heads of what we had just heard. Some glances, t- tear-filled glances, an understanding between us that needed no words. Sorry. Sorry. Do you want to reread that?
0: No, I don't. <laughs>
2: Gosh. <laughs> that that was
0: actually the most powerful rendition of that you could have done. Um, I think that it again, you've got this knack for having the last line tie all the loose ends together and it it suddenly you realize, oh, it's you and your, your husband
1: driving home. What was so powerful in that poem was the, 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 the way you've illustrated the quietness in that journey. I think, I, I mean, when I heard the title car journey, I was thinking to myself, oh, this is gonna be a big one. Because so many big moments happen in a car journey because you're at the hospital and you're coming back home processing everything that you heard in two seconds. And there's always that quietness, right? Your mind is noisy, you're thinking a lot. Like it, it's like screaming inside, but for someone sitting inside the car, it's awfully quiet. And, at, and that moment is just so powerful and you've beautifully captured that. I don't think a lot of people would appreciate that moment unless they've gone through a very similar journey, right? You know, if you've gone to the hospital, coming back, hard, hard words that you've heard. You don't know what to do. You don't know who to call next. You don't know how to act. You're thinking about how do I stay focused on the road and and get home safely first, Um, and then deal with everything else right you're probably thinking about calling your parents or your loved ones or your friends Um, you're also looking at your kid and trying to process what is going on in the future like all of that happens in the silence and and that silence is the most powerful element of this poem in my opinion
0: yeah i think it um the silence, as I interpreted it, when you said that sonnet, is that—that's when you're you're in touch with your partner, and you know, I know there's something going on inside your head too, and I know there's something going on inside your heart too. But let's not talk about it. Let's just let each other do that and acknowledge in just that glance that I I know, I know. I know. It's I remember Bo Bigelow saying to us that when they met the other parents with with kids with the same disorder, which was USP seven or it's now called Howe Fountain syndrome, the um they didn't have to talk to each other. They just wanted to be in the same room with each other. And it's it's the same thing with a a relationship like that your spousal relationship
1: um, I, I remember so many of those those exact moments and when you when you when when you read the poem a particular traffic light comes to my mind because it's always the first light from Stanford that's the longest um, back home and uh, that traffic light is also annoying for a lot of other reasons which I will not go into but that's usually where I hold Ramya's hands uh, because that's, that's, the, that's, that's, the, that's the moment where I can hear the silence, where I can hear, finally like, calm down and start to see what other person is thinking and then start reacting to the situation, then being emotionally overwhelmed. Um, and it, it, just, it, it brings back so many memories. I'm always curious, why did you decide to publish a book?
2: Um, a friend of mine, um, knew I was writing these poems uh, because it was, we had like lockdown here, global pandemic, and all the support I had just disappeared. So, all the counselling that I'd arranged just disappeared. So, she knew I was my coping strategy was writing poetry. And she urged me one day, she said, You know, you should share those poems with other families going through what you're going through. I said, "Oh, I don't think I can do that." You know, these are my inner feelings. Um, so, I contacted uh, a cousin of mine who self-publishes, and I asked for her help and advice. And that's how I came to self-publish. It was having the confidence to share those feelings.
1: Thank you for doing that, and. Uh, I'm grateful that you were brave enough to to share your feelings because uh, we talk a lot about it this podcast around being a part of a community, um, knowing your tribe, because the other parents have gone through almost the same things that you've gone through. And in a lot of times, we don't have um, enough mental capacity to revisit some of those situations right We you don't have the time and energy to talk about how life was like four years ago when it was really hard um but these poems capture those those moments right and and help you revisit some of those moments um i've used my past as a learning tool where i can go back revisit some of those moments think about why i acted in a certain way and uh, look at that moment and see if I could have done something different and hopefully take something away from my future. Um, And a lot of times I forget that, the emotion of that moment. Um, And when you read the poem, The Car Journey, all those emotions came back to me, right? It was three lines, four lines, but that's all it was to recollect what it was in that instant. And I've never had such a powerful experience um, until now so I'm so glad you published these poems I'm really sure a lot of other patterns would resonate from it um, would, would love to you know keep this in their in their closest book filing cabinets so they could go read again and again and again and revisit those moments and hopefully sometimes enjoy those moments that were good and also um, you know learn something from their past
0: so Kind of on that note of the community, why don't we uh, hear Rare Together?
2: It's a lonely road, this. I'm posting to strangers who share one common theme with me, the unknown, the endless questioning, the utter despair at what the future holds for our children. We are strangers connected through the unknown world of Rare Diagnoses.
1: It's the community, strangers connected to this unknown world. I um, I have to, I, I was, I, I thought that there were something else that was common that kind of binds all of us together, which is, you know, friends introducing each other, right, um, that, you know, a friend of mine like kevin brought you and we get we know connected right and then another friend of mine would connect me with another parent, and then we're connected and so i always thought the bond was because someone connected me um recently i had an experience that proved it otherwise so i was in this class um a class about healthcare absolutely nothing to do with parenting or rare diseases it's it's professional education uh and they had the session um called User Interviews, where you go talk to a person that might potentially be using a product that you're hypothetically building in this class. And so my product was, I wanted to build uh, a patient finder. I wanted to go find patients that have rare diseases and then give them opportunities to participate in clinical trials and so on. Anyway, there is a website called User Interviews, which is a, a place where you can anyone can go find different types of user personas. This instructor had found a person who supposedly has a disease. I don't know who this person is, right? They show up on the Zoom call. I don't even know their name. I've never met them before. And in 10 minutes, actually, no, in two minutes, we were exchanging notes about what is the best BiPAP mask to use for respiratory treatments. We're talking about um, which hospitals are good, how to find the best doctors. Um, We're talking about the community, right? It, it, it was less than five minutes before, um, the person was like, this is awesome. I'm going to order this app mask. I'm going to talk to my doctor about this. And then I took a whole bunch away from it. It's incredible. And I, I, I have never experienced that level of connection. And she mentioned that she uses Facebook groups to get the connection because it's a very lonely journey. Her son is in the teens, um, and they they need to know what to do in certain situations. And sometimes they need to vent. And so they have special needs parents Facebook groups that they go and talk to, or just read other people's posts or post videos. Right? And they, they feel like it was the, the the community that they lacked all along. And the the words they use are very similar to what you described here, which is you go onto these groups, you feel like you know the other person, and they get you, and you never get that feeling anywhere else.
0: It's like that big part of your life that you don't hold up there in front of yourself, you know, unless you're wearing a zebra shirt and people ask what's a zebra shirt for. But, um, you know, you're not saying it, but once you find out, it's like, oh, almost, um, what what did, I'm forgetting her name now. I will remember it, but it'll be too late. But um, she said something like, you know, it's the the club you never wanted to be in, that no one wants to be in. But once you're in, the club is great. The the reason for getting in, not not so great. But the people you meet, I mean, I just, for whatever reason, feel very at home when we go to conferences like uh, the ones where we do. And there's just a lot of people there that have rare diseases. Or, or their kids do. And it's, it just feels like home. Like, wow, these people are just opening up to each other. It's a pure beneficial type relationship, right? You've got no reason to compete. You've got thousands of reasons to maybe even collaborate, but you got this huge reason just to connect.
1: Yeah, I went to a conference last year um, it was a close conference, not a big one, but you know, a lot of the folks from the rare disease community were there. And um, the organizers were nice enough to book a room in a, in a really nice hotel. Uh, I was there for two and a half days. I didn't want to come back home. It felt like a retreat. It felt like, oh my goodness, such a nice vacation. And I, I still carry some of the, the swag that they gave us. And uh, this one particular pen was just amazing. And I I love the pen. And I'm I'm thinking about the pen so much, but I realized it was not about the pen. It was about the conference all along. It it was eight months ago, but I still remember those conferences, right? The the conversations, um, uh, the the, the excitement, and then just the connection.
0: Maybe you should use that pen to write some poems.
1: (laughs) Kevin. (laughs) All right. I I think we should stick with podcasts. I, I don't... I don't think I can even do prose as good. So those were all the poems that I had listed.
0: Ashling, is there one favorite that you would like everyone to hear? Oh,
2: that's a question.
0: It's the surprise <laughs> question.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Put me on the spot now. Um, I do actually. Um, I wrote a, a poem as if it was if. It was from my son's point of view. Uh, I'll read it now. It's called Unique. I am but here nor there, nor somewhere in between. I haven't happened yet. No one knows how to treat me or have a cure for me. I am researched, tested, and yet they are none the wiser. I'll do me. I'll live my own path. I'll guide others, maybe maybe even inspire the doubters.
1: that is so beautiful I was thinking about Raghav all along while, while you read the poem It, it it's just unbelievable because we've done research he has he given blood he's given you know all sorts of samples for research we've written papers on him we've talked about him a lot we've given him treatments that we think would, would help um, but at the end of the day he is who he is and he lives his life he doesn't care about anyone else it's beautiful.
0: So, do you get much feedback from people who've read your books? Do you know who's reading them or read your poems? I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, um, I know quite a lot of the rare disease community have read it and had some lovely feedback from people. Um, I had an author read the poems, and she she was the first person actually to review the book when it got published, Um, and she put it in her Disability Book Week collection, which I wasn't expecting, and her review read, I can read it to you, actually I've got it here. Uh, As a parent of two children with disabilities, I found many of these poems to be relatable and touching. None of the difficulty of this unique parenting journey is ignored. But at the same time, I was never left to doubt the love this author has for her child. Excellent read. So I know that people in the rare disease community are reading it. Um, and I know hospital staff are. Um, the charity that were under sent copies of the book to all the hospitals and um Schools are reading it now, now that I've started to share it with school settings. Um, but in particular, his consultant read it. And his
0: consultant is his doctor. She
2: said it, his doctor, yeah. She said it changed the way she approached her job because it opened her eyes up to what families go through. She hadn't thought of that before. She had an idea, but she she's not living it. And she said that the book just completely changed the way she approached her job.
1: I can believe that. We need more more care professionals to read books like this, especially, I should probably buy a, buy a few copies and drop it off at uh, um, the complex care clinic at Stanford where my son goes. There are a handful of doctors uh, and nurses there who are amazing, but they deal with really challenging, complex kids and uh you know some are diagnosed some are undiagnosed but regardless like they all see complexities all day long but this perspective is very very unique that they might not otherwise see and hopefully the poems can open up their minds just enough to see that perspective when they look at another parent's eyes the next time yeah
2: i think parent voice is you know as you said, it's a unique journey and uh, it's going to vary for every family. But um, parent voice is huge. And I've, see, I've seen that, you know, I had um, a local council here in the UK asked me if they could use the book to bring it to the uh, attention of the people making decisions about care for children in the community, um, which... You know surprised me, but they said it was really useful to you know really shine a lot light on uh, parent voice
1: And Kevin we've started reading a poem almost every episode now.
0: well, we did um scheduling has messed that up a little bit, but um <laughs> we're we're hoping to share some of Ashling's other poems um uh, and use it to. To be the themes for the shows, um, kind of to to kick them off. It, not to get into how I do all this, but I talk to people, and then I'll know. Oh, here's a poem that fits their situation, so we'll use that as mm, some punctuation, maybe. Um.
1: No, I, I love it. I mean, I think it's a it's a beautiful idea to 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 in, interleave poems into into our conversations because we. I think the poems capture emotions in a way that thirty minutes of conversations cannot.
0: Yeah, that's the power of all artwork. It, it's it's way more than just what's there. It's what's behind it. So I want to thank you, Ashling. Um, this this was fantastic. Um, your books are fantastic. I want to let our listeners know that there'll be a link on our on our site and in the show notes uh, for you to be able to go find those books. Um, I'm just going to repeat the names. So the first one is called Motherhood Plot Twist, and the second one is called Hope. Um, They're not very long reads. They're a 100 or so pages, a few more than that maybe, but um, about an hour's worth of, of very productive reading time. Any last words you'd like to say, Ashley
2: um just thank you for having me um This is my first podcast <laughs> um and I really appreciate the support and the lovely feedback you've given me today.
1: I'm certain this is not going to be your last like this is this i mean I think you've opened up for me personally a a, a whole door that i uh, i've I've never really honestly explored i've just touched upon poetry here and there, but I think just listening to these poems, and I just just love it. I I think it's going to be a a regular feature in everything that I do.
2: That's great.
0: (laughs) We hope you enjoyed today's conversation on Raising Rare. Please subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast platform. We would love to get your feedback through ratings and reviews. And this week tell someone that you think would be helped by our conversations on Raising Rare that they should be tuning in to